Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we've got sober second thoughts after the Sens open their 2023-24 season with a 5-3 loss in Carolina. But Ross, there's no place like home, and that's where the Sens are heading back to Ottawa for a five-game homestead. They're just like me, for real. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 893 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow Locked On Senators on Twitter at SendCentral, on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Today's episode is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sports book of Locked On. You can make every moment more. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Today is Thursday, October 12th. And Pilsy, we've had a chance to sleep after our first postcast of the season. How are you feeling following that loss? It's a tough loss because the Sens had a chance to hang on here and then they let it go at the end of the game. Where have we seen that before? Uh, Lots last season. But I I said in the postcast and and I still feel the same after getting some time to sleep on it. If this team has a full roster, I think they have a much better chance at winning the game. Now, obviously, that's, that's an obvious point. But they came out flying in the first period. Like, the Sens were the better team by a mile in the first period. Then, second team, they're still, their second period, they're still going a bit, but then halfway through the second, you could tell that these guys were starting to wear down, and the depth and the discipline and poise of the Carolina Hurricanes kind of got to them, and then the Sens just weren't able to hang on, and then the second half of the third period, they just fell off a cliff, and the Hurricanes took over. Where are you at on the pendulum of bad penalties taken by the team versus bad penalties because the refs probably call it something they should. Uh, a, bit, a bit of both, I would say. Uh, but the sense on both teams, there were some on both weak, teams. There were some weak stick infractions in that game. Oh yeah. This, the, yeah, there certainly was. Um, but the senators, they had some tired frustration penalties at the end. Timmy tripping a guy behind the hurricane's net. That's just, he's gassed and it can't keep up with them. And then Brady cross checks Pesci. The puck's already been gone for like three or four seconds and the ref's right there. So that's a tough one as well. And then Brady gets into it with Jordan Stahl at the end of the game. So you could tell he wasn't happy with how that game turned out. So Again, that, I, I think that comes down to these guys being tired. Now, some people, when I made that comment, they were like, well, Zach McEwen being inserted into the lineup isn't going to do much. Well, yeah, sure. But the issue is you got to make up for that ice time. And that's guys double shifting, uh, switching guys within lines. It's just 
coaches do not want to play with 11 forwards. And I mean, some guys like 11 and seven Guy Boucher, but if you're not going to have that seventh defenseman, you probably don't want that. Cause it's just, it just jumbles everything forwards end up having more ice time and they're not with their regular lines. And it's just not a good way to start. So hopefully Ross, um, I'm not a cap expert, so I don't know how this is going to work, but rumor has it they might be able to have an emergency call-up for the weekend. I've got the uh, the numbers on what the um, the parameters are for that, but I'll, I'll get to that at the start of the next segment. Remind okay. me if it, uh, if it gets past me. But in the game last night, Carolina has 42 shots on goal. You're not going to win many games when you give up 40 or more, unless it's Anton Forsberg. We know he loves uh, getting yeah. 40 or more. But in all seriousness, the Hurricanes just pulled away. That second period in particular, they doubled Ottawa in shots 18-9. to nine. And say what you want about the different penalties within, and that jumbled the ice time as well. But there, there is still some head scratchers to me from, from a perspective of who's playing how much. When you're down to 11 forwards, and I, I did not think Kastlik was very good last no. night. I really didn't. I haven't thought he's been that good in, in all of preseason as well. But seven and a half minutes, like at this point, you're basically playing 10 forwards versus 11. Yeah, honestly. And no other forward had less than 10 minutes here. So for Cassie to only play seven and a half, like that's that's tough. And like Cassie, this should have been a good game for him. Like I thought he matched up well against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes bottom six. And he's been a guy that historically has been very strong in the face-off dot. So it, it wasn't a good game for him, that's for sure. Senators went 0 for 4 on the power play. Is that concerning to you? Absolutely, Ross. My key to victory for this game was take advantage of the man advantage because the Hurricanes' depth and 5-on-5 five five play is so damn good. It's hard to get anything from them, and they weren't able to capitalize. I actually thought they're like... They started this game off with a power play in the first 40 seconds. Uh, Timmy draws a hooking penalty, and I thought that power play was buzzing. It was looking good, but then, again, throughout the game, these guys are getting tired, especially the guys on the power play. They're the ones playing the big minutes, and their power play was disjointed and wasn't getting anything done. I mean, the Hurricanes score a shorthand goal at the end of the game. So, yeah, if that power play is not going to click, this team's going to be in big trouble because that's where a lot of their chips are kind of pushed in. Yes, it really is. And and the PK goes five for six. They score a shorthanded goal. So you could say they got one back on special teams, but really this yeah. power play needs to be the bread and butter. And they came close. There was a nice tic-tac-toe play where uh, I think Giroud just missed the backdoor tap in after Timmy and Brady had a great passing play, but um, there just wasn't enough action around the net on the penalty or on the power play rather there, there just wasn't no. enough guys crashing the crease second third opportunities and that's something that i'm hoping to see going forward from this team overall i thought it was a decent effort there were periods yeah. where they were on the ropes and this is them learning to play against good teams but it really is a no excuses situation going forward and i think in the next segment we want to get into that who's going to be in the lineup on saturday with a potential emergency call up What's the latest with Josh Norris? What's the latest with Shane Pinto? Those two storylines aren't going anywhere yet, Pilsy, because man, right now they're they're rolling they're rolling the skeleton crew down the middle. And how long can that realistically last before, you know, whether it's fans or management or someone just gets sick and tired of it and they pull the trigger and maybe they pull the trigger on a move to clear cap space that isn't a popular one. Has the has the popular opinion swayed, by the way, on that? Like before, it just seemed like a foregone conclusion for Matthew Joseph to be the odd man out. But Pilsy, 
if you look at this quote here from DJ Smith last night after the game, yeah, he thought Matthew Joseph was one of his best players. And he was right. I I would argue, and I think the kind of common consensus is that Joseph was the Sens' best player. Uh, Martian took him as his top Sens central standout. I feel like uh, we all agreed on that one. And I've, at least I'll speak for myself, I've switched my opinion. I, I think I said on record many times in the offseason, the writing's on the wall, Matthew Joseph is gone, it's just a matter of when. But the way he's playing and the attribute of his speed in this lineup is so crucial, especially to get that bottom six scoring that the Sens need. I don't, I really think you shouldn't be trading Joseph here. And I know this goes against my brand, but I, I'm leaning more towards uh, trading Eric Brandstrom to clear up cap space rather than Whoa. Joseph. Whoa. Yeah. And what call up Tyler Clevin? Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different call-ups uh, you can make. Um, Clevin's probably your your best option there. I mean, you can have a stopgap guy like Hetherington or Larson come in and just play bottom pair. I mean, that's not ideal, but you 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 got to make sacrifices to find a way to get Shane Pinto back into this lineup because Josh Norris's health is so concerning. Like my my priority is on Shane Pinto. Josh Norris if you have him, that's lucky, but I'm not kind of relying on him to uh, provide much for this team just with how fragile he seems to be right now. Yeah, it almost seems like a bonus at this point. Exactly. If and when he's back, Sens have to be able to truck on without him as tough as that may be. We will have a next opportunity with us boots on the ground Saturday against Philly, then Sunday against Tampa Looking forward to the home opener. The Sens are back-to-back home opener winners after uh, after not having fans there three years ago for the uh, the COVID year. So uh, an exciting weekend ahead in Ottawa. But who will be in the lineup? We have so many more questions to ask about this homestand. We'll get into that next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Mary J's. Guys, Mary J's is a new local sponsor with us. We love them over there. They're locally owned cannabis dispensary in the Ottawa area. They started off with good roots, just three best friends making a life-changing decision, and they opened up a store in Kingston. They slept on their air mattresses on the floor to make ends meet through hard work and dedication. They're booming. They've got four stores in Ottawa and a store in Coburg. For everyone in Ottawa, there are four locations. you got Riverside South, Orleans, Greeley, and Russell. Mary J's offers the best and newest products in the market. And they're adding new stuff to the menu every single week. They got everything you need, whether you're looking to get uh, your feet wet and try some new products or you're a seasoned pro and you already know what you want. Mary J's offers competitive pricing. In fact, they'll price match any store in Ottawa, any store. So that means you're guaranteed to get the best price around at Mary J's. Mary J's has the best customer service and they've got the friendliest bud tenders who are ready to help you out. One of the owners, Dashy, is a diehard Sens fan. His favorite number is 18. Not for Tim Stutz, he's not a new Sens fan, but for Marion Hosa. So go to the stores, say what up to Dashy, talk Sens about him, and enjoy all the products Mary J's has to offer. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On. You can snap back into NFL season. You can snap back into NHL season. Right now, new customers on FanDuel are getting $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. 
when you place a $5 wager. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use and a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and my favorite, same game parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NHL season. FanDuel, it's the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, Locked On Senators. Going right to the airport from here, fella. Woo! Heading to the nation's capital. You'll be making the pilgrimage in. You got your canoe ready? <laughs> yeah, I got my life jacket and paddle all ready to go here. Uh, Ross, you know, one thing I do like is traditions uh, staying in place. Obviously, us going to the home opener. That's a tradition we're working on. But Pilsy's parlay of the day being oh so close every time, but just not quite getting it. That's that's a classic move. I had the reverse puck line and the over, the over hit, but Sens lost by two goals instead and didn't didn't go my way there. It didn't. And I think that the people would like you to make a graphic for every po- uh, Pilsy's Parlay of the Day, and we'll, we'll keep track of this going forward. I think we need to keep track of it from the start of the season. So 0 for yes. 1. 0 for 1. 0 for 1 ain't bad. If you get the next one, you're 50%. You're laughing. Yeah, and the home opener, I'm going to be cooking up uh, some some fun bets, that's for sure, with our friends over at FanDuel. So follow along for that. Absolutely. Pilsy. If I sound distracted, if I sound like, you know, maybe I don't have an extra step, I, I hop in my step. Uh-oh. It's because the Senators just posted a cryptic yeah. post on Twitter. And I think the day has finally come. The Grim Reaper has knocked on our door. And he's brought with him a jersey advertisement patch. But with that Jersey advertisement patch comes a couple bags of cash, those uh, brown bags with the dollar signs on them. And if you're Michael Ann Lowry, you just forked over $950 million, you might be accepting of that. Now, Ross, we're on different sides of this argument. I I don't care that much. It, in fact, it's for me, it's like, it's kind of silly that the Sens hadn't already done this. That's a lot of money you're leaving out on the table. And from our cryptic deciphering, it seems like it's going to be a bank and a bank that has relatively similar color schemes to the sense. So that's, that's the most you can hope for is at least it's not some, some dumb uh, other color. Like, uh, like at least we don't have like a TikTok sponsoring us or something like that. That would be embarrassing. Or milk or milk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The sense jerseys are just so clean. It just feels like, like a little, gross so obviously i would prefer not to have it ross but if everyone else is doing it you're you're just leaving money on the table and they're subtle enough that we're not nascar drivers or liga players at this point at this point yes but we got to stand up for it pilsy because we can't get to that point where it's like you know there's, there's more logos of other advertisers than like the team logo on the jerseys we can't get to that point agreed Agreed. i would have preferred the advertisement and it would have been less valuable real estate um but on the pants why can't it be on the pants? It's a lot less dollars if it's on the pants. That's why. Yeah. 
fair, fair. But anyways, we'll we'll figure it out. And um, if if you haven't seen the message, it was a C, like a Halifax. I think they shot it in Halifax, I'd imagine. But the C, and then it was an I, and then it was a bunch of Bs, and then it was a C again. So could it be CIBC? Hmm. We'll find out at uh, twelve thirty Eastern today. <laughs> yeah. So by the time you're listening to this, you may already know the answer to that. And maybe it'll just be on the home jerseys. Maybe because they didn't announce it for for the road ones uh, before the the opening game yesterday. But we'll see. Obviously, it, it was going to happen sooner than later. But I'm still going to kick and scream and complain about it because I, I do think that this there was that something. You're right. There, there was something special about uh, NHL jerseys not having sponsors and just looking crisp, clean. It was like you'd graduated to that level because there had been jersey patches. Like Belleville wore, um, what was it? The car they helped. CAA. CAA. Thank you. Yeah, the name of the CAA arena. arena. Yep. They've been wearing those patches for years, and we'll get used to it. But uh, disappointing nonetheless. I was disappointed yesterday that the Senators only had eleven forwards in the lineup, six defensemen, so they can call up any forward on an emergency recall that makes under eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars bills under what about exactly eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars because that's what your snake makes no i think that they're they're all right here i'm looking up because steve lloyd uh from tsn 1200 he's the uh he's the cap guy here so he's got this all figured out um the player has to make eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars or less so the the formula is league minimum plus 100k yarventi is the only forward who cannot be called up. He makes 894. That's disappointing cuz uh, other than Schmeichel, that would be the guy I'm looking at. Yes, but Yuri Schmeichel, you have to think is getting called up today. He was on the power play at practice the day that he got sent down. Yeah, I, I think that's something to play. And thinking about it, that's probably why they settled on the 870 number for him. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Wow, they got the cap all figured out. <laughs> yeah, they're like, our cap is so screwed. Let's focus all our attention on making sure our emergency call-ups can work. Now, I will say the Sens weren't the only team in the league that had to play a man short last night. Anna, or uh, LA, rather, Edmonton, and I believe there was one other team. might have been Vancouver. might have been that entire game was a man short. But uh, hopefully the Sens get, uh, well, I'd love it to be Josh Norris. I don't think it's realistic. Uh, for him to be back by the weekend, hopefully next week. But uh, Shane Pinto, um, we were, we had it based on Brent Wallace's information, but now Elliot Friedman is is uh, reporting as well. Like Pinto is in Ottawa. Like that has to be a good sign, right? Because we always hear about like you know RFAs. They're skating like Jamie Drysdale was skating with Ryerson University's team, and <laughs> like they stay in their hometown until yeah. a deal is done. So for Shane Pinto to be in Ottawa, they're Maybe I'm just trying to convince myself of this. I don't think there's animosity between the two sides. I'll say this, Ross. It's not not a good sign that he's there. Not not. So it is good. Yes, correct. (laughs) Um, Look, and and the reports all all seem to kind of say the same thing, is that these two sides, Pinto and the Sens, they've been talking for so long. Like, like almost like half a year at this point trying to get this done. So they know where each other's at. They know what they got to do to get a deal done. 
It's just now Pierre Dorian has to make the corresponding move to free up that space to bring him in. And I think the corresponding move was Matthew Joseph, but now he's thinking he might be one of the top, uh, not top players, but he might be a key contributor to this team. And maybe this contract actually will end up looking good. Like I hoped it was when I signed Joseph to that deal shortly after he was acquired. So it's, it's all about making that move now. But again, Ross, uh, Pierre or uh, Elliot Friedman has a saying he likes to say, when your enemies are drowning, you don't throw them a life raft, you throw them an anvil. And everybody knows they have no leverage, like zero, zero leverage in this deal. Everybody knows they're up against it and they need Chain Pinto badly. So any deal they're going to make is going to look terrible. It's going to look terrible. The only the only thing I would push back on that, that statement with, and the Philadelphia Flyers came out, Keith Jones, who's running them now, came out and said, like, they want win-win trades because if 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 they screw Ottawa, then down the road when they need a favor, then the, then what are they going to do? No, that's true, Ross. But leverage is a very real thing. True, but I do think there's something to be said of good business relationships, and then GMs will help each other down the road. Well, and definitely, Ross, there is something to be said that GMs have kind of a sacred, uh, unofficial value for market value, right? Like, remember, when was that? When the Wild traded, like, it was a first-round pick plus for, uh, was it Martin Hansel? And it was, like, everyone was like, that's such a bad deal. And then all the GMs were pissed because the, now the market value, everyone's like, well, Hansel got a first, so this guy gets more than a first. And they're like, well, that's that exactly that. correct. I think Paul Gostad got a first round pick that year too. Yeah, that's the thing. So you, the GMs don't want to kind of inflate the market because that's going to end up biting them in the butt. But there's certain things where you can look at and be like, well, this deal was this way because of the leverage and the situation and that changes things. But it certainly is an interesting dynamic. It's the most interesting storyline for the Ottawa Senators right now. When will Shane Pinto be signed? And then how soon after will he be available to get into the lineup and help this Ottawa Senators team that now plays their next five games at home. They've got Philadelphia 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, Tampa 7 o'clock on Sunday, then they've got Washington, then Detroit afternoon game on a Saturday, and then Buffalo on the game on the day where all teams are playing. So it's a staggered start, no ring of honor induction. Frozen frenzy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, one thing, just just to put it out here, I, I, I don't really feel, well, no, I think I know how I feel about this, but I want to put it out here. Some people have been floating the idea, hey, Norris has a centerman that's a lot of work on his shoulders doing face-offs and stuff. Maybe you move him to the wing. How, how do you feel about that? Mm, don't love it. Me, me neither. But again, I, I've been on the argument. I don't want him taking face off. So if he's a winger, he's not going to take face offs. It's all about his shot. If you can get him on the ice and shooting and being healthy, even if it's in a different, lesser role, maybe that's the direction you have to take. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Ross. And I think unless the Sens are able to get Pinto done, they're in desperate times. Gut feeling. Does Josh Norris play on this five-game homestand? Yes. Okay. There you have it. Let's preview that five-game homestand, discuss how many wins need to happen throughout and more. This is Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, the NHL season is here. 
Will the Sens have the season we've all been yearning for? Jeez, I hope so. <laughs> I absolutely love the NHL and know you do as well. So that's why I want to tell you about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. And it should be your go-to daily fantasy sports, especially fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. And Ross, this is probably something you'll like. Maybe not so much for me because I am an excellent keeper league and uh, year-long fantasy drafter. But for you, you can clean up your mistakes and draft a new roster every single day. So that's something that you can hold on to, Ross, in daily fantasy rather than the longer-term ones. You can also play NFL, MLB, basketball, college football. They've got group chats so you can talk smack. Your entries can be made in less than a minute. Time is money. And the NHL has never been more exciting than it is now with players all around the league like Tim Stutzla, Jake Sanderson, Brady Kachuk, and more. You got to hop on to Sleeper app. Their stats are goals, assists, saves, plus minus the classic ones. So 100 times payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at Shawarma Palace. We are so close to getting me a Shawarma Palace. I can't wait. Ross, uh, just quickly interject here. I was going to get Shawarma for lunch at a a competitor Shawarma place in in Collingwood. And I was like, what am I doing? I got to save it for the real thing. I'm heading to the Shawarma capital of Canada Shawarma Palace in a couple days. I'm not about to ruin my shawarma appetite with some other guys. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Forget the other guys. Come to Shawarma Palace where they've got the seal of longevity. They opened with one store in 1997, and now you can find them at seven different locations all around Ottawa. You can also get them online with Uber Eats. So go eat like a royal today. Eat at Shawarma Palace. Get the extra garlic. Get the fresh turnip. You get the... Everything you need is in is in that platter. And when I say everything, yeah, leftovers as well. If you can eat that whole thing in one sitting, power to you because that is a sizable amount of fresh food. So get fuel filled today. Get fuel filled. Go eat at Shawarma Palace. Right, Pillsy. Final segment here of Locked On Senators for Thursday, October 12th. We're coming off the opening loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. 5-3 was the score. What's your level of concern with the Thomas Shabbat and Jacob Chikrin pair? I've said this since the preseason. I, I just, I cannot wrap my head around the decision to put Thomas Shabbat on the right side. Like, I just, it makes no sense to me. Now, granted, Jacob Chikrin looks very good on the left side, but a big reason for acquiring him is he's a guy that was touted as being able to play on the right side. And this is a guy that can be Thomas Shabbat's partner. Why they're switching their puck moving transitional defenseman that already had struggles of turnovers in his own end to the other side and making things more difficult on him. That's something I will never understand. I hope this experiment doesn't last long and they put Thomas Shabbat on the left side and Chicken on the right side sooner rather than later. I would agree wholeheartedly. Neither of them looked uh, particularly comfortable in that game against Carolina. Didn't even really have moments. I thought Jake Sanderson no. was far and away the best defenseman 
uh, for the Ottawa Senators. I, I thought Sanderson was only okay. Like, I don't know. There was still the best defenseman that they had last night. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. But I, I wasn't coming off that game being like, wow, Jake Sanderson showed it again. Like, I, I thought he was okay. Well, I mean, he was, he was flying out there. There was a couple, especially, like, there was a back check where he got back, and maybe this is more of a, a slight on Tarasenko, but, like, he Tarasenko had 10 steps on him, and he still got back yeah. for it and broke up the rush. So He's a great skater. There's no denying that. Sanderson. Yeah, big time. So, no, I, they, the, the team needs to be better overall. They need to be at a... You know, that was a Stanley Cup favorite. You need to get up to that level. And not only just for parts of the game. You need to be consistent. And that's where I think they need to take another step here. But this homestand, man. Woo! This is this is a juicy meatball where you've got the, the divisional opponents. You've got, you know, a rivalry brewing with the house cat coming next Saturday. And you've, yeah. got, you've got the home opener here. Giroux's going to get honored on Saturday like, how many wins do the Sens need to get on this homestand? Five games. Look, I said it in the postcast, and I think you scoffed at it, but I, I'm holding it true. The home opener is a must-win. Like you, if you can't beat the Philadelphia Flyers at home, that's take that's your, tough. Just like pack pack your stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that aggressively, but that is a smack in the face if you can't do that. And just the momentum and the buzz and the hype around uh, the the arena and fans coming in, new owner. You got to win that home opener. It's a must win. More for morale than anything, Ross. Uh, so I got a dub up against the Philadelphia Flyers. I think they can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning as well, especially without Vasilevsky. And the Lightning are also on a back to back, so they're going to be playing their second and third stringers. Uh, who who's going to play what game remains to be seen. The Capitals. That's a team we both have not making the playoffs. I'd like to get a win there. The Detroit Red Wings, that's a team you want to beat as well. Alex Dabrinkit coming uh, back. The Boo Birds are going to be out for sure with Alex Dabrinkit touching the puck. So you got to win that one. And then, you know what? Just because this isn't fantasy land, I'll I'll take an L up against the, the Sabres. So I'll, I'll say four and one here. Four and one? Okay. I'm going to say they need to win three, but four would be nice. Five. Need to win three. Agreed. Need to win three. Yeah. Need to win three. You can't You can't be going below 500 on your first homestand of the season. Or another way to put it, they need six points. So if they, if they get some loser points along the way, that's obviously not ideal, but that's fine. You need six points on in these five games. Okay. How are they going to get it? I think I just went went through it, didn't I? Okay. No, I'm just I'm just nervous. I just need need reassurance over and over. Again. Oh, like what like what strategies are gonna they gonna have to do? Okay, uh, not just like wins loss schedule. Um, are you standing by? Uh, you want Anton Forsberg in the home opener? Yes, I I that's a hill I'm standing on. Forsberg has been so dominant in the openers, and look, the only thing Ross is I I don't want to do this. Mo- Go ahead. He let in five goals last year. I, well, I mean, they won the game. They won the game. Um, <laughs> we're looking for wins here. Oh, no, <laughs> I still, I still want Forsberg there because it's a back to back. So he's going to play one of those games, no matter what. I think he does a good job in the home openers. And, but the only thing is I don't want it to be spun as Corpus Allo, like losing faith already. Like it's been one game. I thought for most of the game, Corpus Allo was good. Just the last two goals, which ended up being the game winners. Yeah. The reach, the reach over. 
I mean, um, I mean, Zach Burke is going to have to work through that. That's you can't be doing that. I think the fifth goal might have been worse. No, 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 no. Short side from that close. That the fifth goal I'm putting on the the Senators players. Two guys were they are on the power play. Let's start with that. The Senators are on the power play. Two guys are battling for the puck against Jesper Kotkaniemi. Like if you if two if you can't double team that guy and out muscle him. We got bigger problems here. And then Slavin gets it, and Sanderson gives him a wide-open lane instead of pressuring him, and it, it's a decent shot. Yeah, you want Corpy to get that, but I'm blaming those three Sens players way more on that one. The, I don't think Ross in my life – now, granted, I was a house league goaltender and did not play very long, but I don't think in my life I tried the glove reach over the body. Like, that. Like I can't even think how that instinctively – is a move you try to do as a professional goalie. So that one really bothered me by Corpy. So Corpus Allo on Sunday? Yes, Corpus Allo on Sunday. Okay, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I will say uh, Corpus Allo has two wins in 11 career games against Tampa. But again, he played played with Columbus, so take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, And how many of those games were Vasilevsky in the net for Tampa? Well, That's a big want, factor. We want Vasilevsky. <laughs> we did. Uh, um. Yeah, that Philly game, like you, you got to come out in that first five minutes, do just like what you did against Boston, where it was like first shift bang. And I'm talking last home opener. Uh, Ross, I'm almost not that concerned about how they start this game, but more with how they finish it. I am because there's going to be a nervous energy in the building, Pilsy. Yeah, but they started the game great up against Carolina and then forgot their 60 minutes, not just 30 in the game. And they. They fell off and ran out of gas here. So I'm more concerned with how they finish rather than how they start. Well, we'll find out sooner rather than later. We got another great show tomorrow. If you missed the postcast, go check it out as well. Pilsy, any final thoughts on today's show? Final thoughts for me is, look, guys, it was game one of 82. Couple things. Let's not overreact like crazy. You're allowed to react, of course. Like you have to react. I mean, especially us. This is what we do. But also, let's not be the fan base that turns on ourselves here. Like, don't be on Twitter calling people negative and then getting upset when people call you negative and saying, or vice versa, being like, you're way too positive, this team is ruined, or write guys off right away. Like, let's let's not battle ourselves. That's what I'll say, is uh, we can't be divided as a fan base on game one. So just everybody take a deep breath. The boys are coming home. They're coming home for five games. The home opener is going to be electric. I'm not. Th- I'm not that worried. I'm not that worried. Did someone hurt your feelings online? No, no, no one hurt my feelings. I've just seen uh, there's like back and forth on Twitter uh, of people kind of uh, in differing opinions and and calling each other out and stuff. And plus, uh, people people comment uh, wild things to me all the time. I've I've got some thick skin here as i've uh, experienced this okay i just want to know if you want to talk about it my final thoughts i actually do want to talk about this we got a pair of senators on nationally televised hyunda commercials i don't know when the first time i or when the last time i would have seen a senator uh, a pair of senators yeah you saw the brady kachuk one right yeah with matthew kachuk and Chantel, their mom and and very funny very well done if you haven't seen it it's, it's online there's a French version of it. Oh, Seth Brothers. Yo, that's awesome. I didn't see that one. Ah, c'est bon. No, ce n'est pas bon. Um, oh. What was the word she kept, she kept saying? Um, oh, man. I, Por, I, pourquoi ce n'est pas bon? 
Non, mais ce n'est pas bon parce qu'ils ils, uh, because they're fighting. That's what they do. I know, I know, but it's it's rude. Like the mom just wants to drive. They want to go to hockey practice. Yeah, that's why you got the the third row penalty box seating in the new Hyundai. I tell you one thing, Hyundai does not want Matthew Joseph to get traded. That commercial would age very quickly. That's true. Yeah, that's all. I actually love that. I didn't realize uh, they did that. Uh, the Hughes brothers, they don't have that kind of shine. Oh, they don't. They don't have, you can't do what, no. what the Josephs do. And our friend Ryan Hinman, uh, Send Central Citizen, was um, was all over that. He's tweeted those out. I just retweeted them right now, so you can go see them as well on Send Central. But really cool. Two senators on a nationally televised commercial. Very, very good stuff. Love that. Uh, Philzy, that's all I got. I got to go run, catch this flight. We're going to have uh, Locked On Senators tomorrow. I'll be in the heart of our nation's capital. And uh, and Pillsy's going to be uh, doing the pilgrimage right after. It's that yep. time of year again. Our, one of our favorite times of year. I'm oh, yeah. saying one of because I'm leaving the hope that spring is the best time of year. But over the course of the podcast, this is our third consecutive home opener. Neither of us are full-time Ottawa residents, but we make sure that we are full-time home opener residents. I'll set up a tent on on Friday night and be ready to go for that matinee. We'll see you in the plaza before the game. We're going to be crushing pints, having a great time. Martian Plues after the game. It's (laughs) going to be a phenomenal weekend ahead. And we'll be able to tee it up even further for you tomorrow. Maybe Meth will join us tomorrow. We'll see if we can get a hold of him and, uh, we'll, we'll just have a blast, man. We got to get the vibes back high, even though the Senators did start the season with a 5-3 loss against Carolina. Have a great day, everyone. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>